Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. So today, Kirsty, we are talking about items to find in a chewy box. So this is unique to PDT, but I think this comes through years of practice and experience and also years of home visits, going in and out of homes, going in and out of schools, in and out of various contract sites, and seeing kids in the office and things that, you know, can fit a wide gamut of kids in terms of doing an oral motor assessment and what needs in the box so that you can basically grab and go. Yeah, grab and go. And then also grab and clean up quickly, you know, and then I know it's all there and it's not too extravagant. It's just, it's what you need to do, whatever level of oral motor exam. When you're back to back in therapy, you don't want to spend your morning an hour before you treat having to pull from all these different places. You want everything in one spot. Here's my go-to. This is my oral motor box. Clean it all up at the end of the day, put it away, not have to grab. I mean, I see you sitting here with at least seven items in front of you (laughs) and you would have to go to seven different places to get all those materials to be ready to go for your session. We just right. don't have that time during the day. No, and, and really it's not necessary because if it's all there in one box, then you know what goes in the box. If there's too much in the box and clutter in the box, then you can't figure out what's missing, right? You know, things break, things get tired. You got to replace them, right? You know, or you might lose something or whatever. But so if you have too much stuff, it's cluttered and it's repeats of the same thing over and over again, it's not efficient to get your job done. So you want to be able to grab the box, use it for an eval or therapy, clean what's in it efficiently, easily, and then replace it. Next kid, here we go. You know, so we've created these oral motor box here at PET. So I'm not going to go in today, like how to do an oral motor exam. That's like a couple of podcast series later, but this is more what's in the oral motor box. So before you even do the exam, what you got to generally have to get the exam done. That's what we're going to talk about. The first thing I'm going to say that needs to be in the box is a nook brush. So if you don't know, I'm talking about a nook brush is an NUK nook brush. It doesn't look that exciting. It's just this like off-white looking brush that's got or like plastic things on the Nubbies. end of it. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times you'll see like a nook brush in the baby section of Walmart and you can see them in therapy catalogs. You know, any any in UK, look it up online, capital N UK brush. But the thing to know about a nook brush, so why do you use this? You use this to assess like tongue lateralization, not chewing, not chewing. Tongue lateralization, you can use it for the lips to assess like lip response to touch or response to stimuli. And we can talk about that like when you do the lip assessment and stuff. You can also use it for bolus formation, assessing like tongue strength, uh, tongue tone, that kind of thing. Uh, you can also do it with cheeks, cheek tone, cheek strength, that kind of stuff, like low tone, high tone, and then strength. You know, because the ho- high tone can be low strength, as you know that as a PT, right? <laughs> and usually it is. Usually if there's high tone, it's masking weakness. Right. So the nook brush can be used for all those fun things right there. But the big thing to know about a nook brush is this. This nook brush always, um, a lot of times I'll give these away to parents, but a lot of times you got to remember the top part of the nook brush, these little nubby thingies come off from the bottom part of the nook brush. Now you have to chew, like be able, so you have to really be able to bite. So somebody with no teeth, this is going to be a problem. They're not going to be able to get the nubby things at the top from the stick at the bottom. But like an adult bite, if I sat there and chewed on this thing for a while and I really worked out of it and I pulled, pulled, and I bit down on the nubby parts of the top and pulled, pulled, I could eventually separate the top nubby parts from the bottom part and underneath the top nubby parts are a piece of very very sharp plastic 
How do I know that? Well, I've seen nook brushes that have been torn up by somebody chewing on them, not the ones that I've given the child, thank goodness. And I've also gone, gone to home visits where they were had a nook brush and the dog or the, cut hold of this and they chewed it up and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what's under the nubby things. Big, sharp pieces of plastic, really super, super, super sharp. So I always tell parents, once they get teeth and they start chewing, chewing, biting, this is not like a bite. This is, so this is not to assess biting or chewing, but if the dog gets hold of it and starts to chew on it, throw it away. So I never leave a child unsupervised with this for fear that the nubby things are separated from the tongue thing. And for some reason that day it just got loose or something crazy like that, you know? So never leave a child alone with this, but this is a great, like, chewy thingy for kids with no teeth you know who are cutting teeth they really love them but you know you can put it in their little hand and you can just put it so that the nubby parts are at the top of the hand versus like putting it the stick at the bottom of their hand and because then they could just jab it back in their throat anyway you have to see a nook brush you know what i'm talking about so the nook brush number one thing you got to have in the oral motor box the next thing you have to have so and the nook brush doesn't vibrate it's just a stick that's it. Now, the Z-Vibe I have in the oral motor box because it does vibrate. So it's very similar to a Nook brush, except for it's not off-white. It's usually some kind of color, depending on what color you buy. Anyhow, but it does vibrate. So this is good to have for when you need vibration. So you, sometimes you need vibration if, if a kid's like super tight. If they're a smiley kid all the time, like you look at the kid and boy, he's smiling all the time. I mean, he might be a happy, he or she might be a happy kid, but they're probably not smiling all the time. Could be high tone. And so they're just smiling like cheeks. And so they could be smiling all the time or have that smiling expression all the time, maybe to make up for jaw and tongue weakness. Cause maybe they're sort of holding their, you know, like face to make up for tongue weakness, jaw weakness, I don't know, something else, some other weakness somewhere. So they could be have really tight facial muscles that's causing them to look like they're smiling all the time, but they're not that smiley, they're just tight, you know? So and vibration helps with sort of relaxing, um, also helps with like stimulation in terms of like just stimulating with something different besides plain touch or like the nubby things on the nook brush. So sometimes vibration is handy and you really need it. And the nook brush is nice because it doesn't offer a ton of vibration, but it does offer enough. And if the nook brush vibration is too much, sorry, if the Z-Vibe vibration is too much, you can hold the Z-Vibe in your hand and with the nook brush, and then you kind of have like vibration once removed and you put the nook brush in the child's mouth. I'm not going to lie. I've gone in your oral motor box and stolen the Z-Vibe to try and facilitate muscle contraction of not the cheek or the mouth. <laughs> well, I'm, and that's an unorthodox use of the oral motor box. And I just don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how to work in those conditions. I don't even know. <laughs> no, I think the Z-Vibe is great for tons of stuff, tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. But also remember, if you submerge the Z-Vibe in water, it does have a battery, it won't work. Also, if the Z-Vibe, the little top part of the Z-Vibe, from the bottom part of the Z-Vibe screws off and on. So if a child bites and then bends, it will break off and that will be a sharp piece of plastic and you don't want them to do that. Also, it will unscrew, so you have to be careful. So I don't leave, I always tell parents, do not leave a child unsupervised with a Z-Vibe. Or a PT who will steal it. And they can just it. shove it down their throat. They can. And a PT who will steal it from your oral motor box apparently has to also be monitored. Um, I'd put it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the way I sanitize that and is to spray, 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 spray with sanitizer. Mm -hmm. Let it sit, you know, for three minutes. Then rinse the top off 
then wipe off the bottom part. Now, another thing is you got to have a chewy tube in your oral motor box. I, I mean, I don't even know how to, uh, you have to have a chewy tube. So there's a lot of ways to assess the chewing and, and that kind of thing. But I just like a plain old chewy tube, like the tea chewy tubes, the pea chewy tubes, or the stick chewy tubes are fine. You don't have to get too fancy with this thing, right? You know, just a chewy tube because you got to be able to assess the chewing on the right and the left to see how they're doing. And we can talk about that whole assessment another day, but you have to have a chewy tube. Now you can also have a chewy bag. So for some of those kids that really don't like the way this chewy tube looks, you can do a chewy bag and a chewy bag can be made. Remember the ghosts that you made, used to make in school, like a Halloween in kindergarten. Yeah. We had the tissue and you put the Kleenex in the middle and made the twisted it and go ghost head there you go okay so same concept <laughs> so you take some of that tool yeah it was a tool Kremlin it's got to be really thin holes though like some of that tool gets to be a little bit big and rips real easy yes can't have that kind yeah so in the and so in the fabric store you have to really assess your tool I mean, you can wait, go as far fair. as biting it, but yeah. I don't think you should. <laughs> I don't think I don't, not because the clerk can see you. <laughs> That's right. So it should be the non-ripping tool stuff, Kremlin thing. Because you're going to put stuff in it, and you don't want them to be able to bite to release right. any of this stuff to be a danger and choking yes. hazard. Yes. So you have a little box, and this stuff I don't keep in my oral motor box, so I'm really going to get off track here a little bit. But I have it like right beside the tool. The, uh, the oral motor box so technically it's like the brother or the cousin or the sister of the oral motor box so you get your box of crindlin tool stuff right and then that kind of doesn't rip with little holes like here she said and it's not gauze either not gauze no, that not just gauze. that gives me the heebie-jeebies <sighs> okay just the tool all right then you cut a square so big like she's um, like 12 by 12 there you go 12 by 12 and then you get gummy bears but not like the cheap gummy bears you have to get the kind of gummy bears that are made in germany harbu yeah that's it harbu they come in the gold bag you have to get those gummy bears you only those only those <laughs> like you can't use you can't use a gummy worm or gummy bug gummy bear haribu they are the right harbu. texture chewiness the right amount of sugar right or that or something i don't know because the other kind like that you get like the other kind of gummy bears that you just buy you know any other kind really? i don't know other kinds. yeah i don't know either any <laughs> other kind though don't work because they break apart too fast and they're too they're so juicy and there's just then you've got like gummy bear juice everywhere and you're covered in it and the child's covered in it and oh, no <laughs> it's a no so you just get the haribu and i get them in the individual bags because again if i open a bag it's yours for life yeah it's not like we don't share bags among children or people but you're a little individual serving of gummy bear bag gummy bears and that's it so okay you got your 12 by 12 square of this tool stuff you take your few little gummy bears and i usually start with three put them in the very center and then make the ghost head you know, like you did in kindergarten. And then you hold it, therapist, you hold it at the place where you twist the head. So the head part that goes inside the child's mouth in between their teeth on the side, not in the front for them to chew. And they, they do make stuff like these, like pre-made with a plastic handle that you can buy at Walmart or the baby store, Babies Are Us, wherever, mm -hmm. Target. Um, but do you really want to reuse this from child to child and no. kind of clean out all the gummy bears that you just put in this thing? No, that's why you have the disposable one use fabric. them away. And you're only going to use like three gummy bears out of that. So then now they got like a take home prize. Way yep. to go. Um, so you got gummy bears take home, which most kids will like most kids, you know, that are able to chew will sell their souls for those things. 
Like you can get them to do anything for those, like literally. So like an easy, peasy street. The reason I also don't like those pre-made ones is I can, don't have as much control over where the chewy thing is, how tight I get with it, how little, you know. They're almost too big. They're, well, it's, yeah, they're, and then you have the handle and then you just, there's just less control. So I like this because I can put it right where I want it in the child's mouth and assess the chew. So if they really don't love that chewy tube, you can use the gummy bear thing too. And I use both interchangeably, just depends on if I just feel funky that day. You know, I'm like, hey, we're going all gummy bears today or not <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I want a gummy bear. I'm not really sure. Then I also have, so remember, I'm not in no particular order here, right? So the other thing I have in there is a straw. So I usually keep two straws because you got to have one and the child has to have one. So I like the straw and I usually use a big metal straw. So then that way you can wash it and sanitize it and all that stuff. Otherwise you have to try to keep replacing the straws. And really remember for this oral motor box, if you're, if you're in a situation using straws and therapy and stuff like coffee straws, McDonald's straws, regular straws, whatever it is, then that's therapy, you know? And so then you might have, we, cause we have here boxes of straws, but this is like the oral motor box, just quick use of straw, either for an assessment or quick therapy thing. And then if you figure out in that therapy session, you need it on and on and on, you get your straw boxes out for next time. Right? I think that's the way to go. Anyhow, so these two metal straws, you have that in the oral motor box. That way you can assess like lip rounding if you need that. Uh, if you're working on some breath control stuff or you want to see some breath control stuff. If you want to see if they can like secure their jaw to blow and to like round their lips. There's a lot of stuff you can do with a straw. So you need to have that in your oral motor box. You also need to have a pin light in your oral motor box. Again, I have two because inevitably, I don't know, I always need two pin lights, right? You know, I just need two. If you go in to grab one and the light's not working, the yeah. battery's dead. Yeah. I mean, these are throwaway pen lights. Totally. And you don't want to be in the middle of your session and be like, oh, a pen light doesn't I'm work. Go find a pen light. I know. That's really, that's a bummer. So to have two, right? So then also you can have one and they can use one. You know what also a pen light is awesome for? I love lights, like a flashlight kind of thing in therapy, but it's also awesome if like this child doesn't want to look at like a book or pictures or whatever, turn the lights off and all of a sudden then you got a flashlight and like, oh, exciting. There's a picture of a cow. I use, I love a flashlight. I love it. So then you have a pen light for assessing all kinds of stuff. Submucous cleft, get them to look in your mouth for tongue placement. If you're doing like some Arctic stuff and you want to like highlight like where to put your tongue and they're not really paying attention or understanding all that, a pen light is awesome for that, for them to shine it at you and you shine at them with the mirror. The main thing is though for a submucous cleft assessment, but there's so much you can do with a pen light. So it's awesome to have one. And the oral motor boxes is as good a place as any to keep one. The last thing I like to have an oral motor box is, hold on, let me back up. You can have a ton of different types of chewies. I mean, I said, you know, you're plain, simple chewies, but in our oral motor boxes at PDT, we have some chewies that are just basically chewies. Some of them look like little pieces of corn and they have like nubbies on the one inside of it. We have other things in there for chewing that with more texture and less texture. Um, again, not to over clutter the box, but just also to help you figure out how much texture a child can tolerate and not tolerate. Well, and that's a really good option because that's a lot safer to give a child. They can't swallow that or stick that corn? too far back. Yeah. The corn, like this corn on the cob thing, you can see they're all, if you look they up They make chewy bananas too. They totally do. And if you look up chewy tubes online, inevitably this like corn with these little nubby things come up. Mm -hmm. you know, but it's also one solid piece. And I've tried to break some of these and you can't, or it's really hard to chew through them too. Cause I've tried that too. And it's they really can't gag it. themselves on them. They can't. No, Cause they have those. these like little corn shuck handles mm -hmm. and the banana have the banana peel handles. I think that's way cuter than a milk brush. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> the corn is, except that the nook brush, you've got more, like you can 
you've got more reach or less reach. It's, the, the, the Nook brush is more versatile. You're limited. And you know me, I love my options. This, I don't have as many options with the corn or the banana or the whatever it is. They make like a purple octopus too, this company does. But also if the child's getting feisty and wants it and wants to grab it from you, they can have that one. This is a good, the corn on the cob, this like the chewy thing we're talking about. Again, Google Google uh, chewy tubes, and I promise you this corn on the cob or banana will come up. It's also really nice for PTs to have in like a baby, like mm -hmm. teether box for like torticollis and just entertaining the baby. This is nice to have. Yep. Yeah. Um, they, PTs like them. Okay. Survey says. <laughs> yeah, they like Two it. handles, midline play. Yeah, OT likes it probably too. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All kinds of good stuff. Okay, the last thing I like to have in my oral motor box is a tongue lifter. Now, this thing is like tongue lift, L-I-F-T-E, capital R. So that's the name of it, tongue oh. lifter. Er, with a cat with emphasis on the R. So this is nice if you're trying to get R and you're really having trouble helping the child understand to lift the sides of their tongue up. Now, I know you could teach an R by doing a retroflex R with your tongue, or you lift the sides of your tongue up with the R. So, um, so but you're doing, if you're doing the retroflex thing, then you could do like a lur, right? But if you're not doing that, and you have to do er with the sides of your tongue going up, it's very, 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 very hard have how to do that. So if you give the child like some jaw stabilization with your hand and you put this underneath their tongue and then lift the tongue up, it helps get the sides of the tongue up. So this is something I've had a lot of success with with R. It's not a one size fits all. It's like a cookie cutter. Like you use this and hey, you get R. It is absolutely not that. But it does help with tongue placement, which I think a lot of times for speech therapists, we jump to the way the tongue the r sounds and helping them try to come up with and we do a lot of stuff with their lips to get the r and all this kind of stuff we really need to focus on the jaw and the tongue and i like this tongue lifter because it focuses on the position of the tongue you know like so for pt if they're teaching somebody how to do a bicep curl which is not what you would do often in pt right you know no you're going to have to help them learn how to move their body in that way you know, so same thing for the tongue. You have to teach them how to move yeah. the tongue in that way, right? And the tongue's a skeletal muscle, so it can be trained to do stuff. I keep saying that speech therapists should be able to bill a 97112 neuromuscular re-ed. I've fought that battle for a couple of years now. I don't think I win, but I still think that they should be able to bill it. This is a 97112 because you do, it's completely neuromuscular re-ed. You're re retraining. Is, you're retraining the brain. They have trained their brain to produce R with the flat O sound, so they sound like a zombie. We need to train their tongue to go up on the sides or back with the tongue tip up to I am sound like you. a pirate. <laughs> I am so, with you. Right. So the tongue lifter is sometimes a helpful tool with some kids. It is not a one size fits all quick fix to anything. But to get the tongue in the right spot, you know, another thing I like to use are those two metal straws that we have in our uh, oral motor box. If I can't get that, I'll have them. I'll use the two metal straws and like put those underneath the tongue and sort of lift up. And sometimes you don't have to do anything with that to, in terms of lifting up. Just the fact that the tongue, the, the straws are there causes the tongue tips to go up, but you have to give jaw support. You have to give jaw support. Also for the tongue, for the R, you need to do assess the jaw and do some jaw exercises because I bet you money the jaw is weak. But anyway, that's another day, another podcast. Okay, so that's what goes in our oral motor boxes here. I hope you found that helpful because... Um, 
it just gives some ideas of where to start. You know, it's not the end all be all. Sometimes we t put other things in, take other things out, but it just gives you the basics. And then, hey, we'll do some more podcasts where we actually do what, what do you do with this stuff to assess, right? Another day. Thank you, Kirsty. I thought it was very informative. All right. So thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.